Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to Dilly Ding, Dilly Dong, the Leicester Mercury's Leicester City podcast. I'm Rob Tanner. Joining me today is James the Sharp and Sharp. Um, before we kick off, I'd just like to remind you about Beer52.com, our podcast sponsors. If you want to go to Beer52.com, you can register using the tagline Leicester, and you could be enjoying eight beers from around the world, and all you've got to do is pay for the poaching and packing. Now, let's get on to the football. Yeah. And there's only one place we can really start, um, mm-hmm. isn't there, James? It's Riyad Mahrez, the ongoing saga. Yeah. Uh, second game that he was missing on Saturday at home to Swansea City. Uh, for those of you who have been... Uh, who've been uh, away from planet Earth for the last few days. Uh, it's regarding head in, the, head in the sand. Yeah, exactly. Riyad <laughs> um, yes, Mahrez, the situation is that uh, he's refused to train and play for Leicester City because he's upset that his move to Manchester City fell through on transfer deadline day and the club, as far as we're aware at the moment, are speaking to Mahrez and his representatives about uh, bringing him back into the fold. We'll see what happens with that. There's, I think this, they need all need a bit of time uh, to get their heads right on this situation because it's a bit unique and a very, very sensitive one. Um, but in the meantime, uh, Leicester City are without um, one of their um, their key men. Now, obviously there's going to be... It was, it was strange on Saturday because the, the name on everybody's lips was a player that wasn't even in the ground. Yeah. And even yeah. the fans... Uh, were chanting and singing about him. Uh, what were your take on the fan reaction to Mahrez's situation? Uh, I mean, there were a few chants of Riyad, what's the score, as soon as Leicester took the lead, as well as the wonderfully poetically Leicester-based Are You Watching Mardi Ars hmm. chant. Now, it was only a very small section of L Block, which is the uh, next to the away fans' vociferous section of the crowd, only very slight. I know other people couldn't hear it in other, st- other areas of the stand. Only very small. And I think mainly light-hearted, I think, in the way that they it was said. And because in the build-up to the game, Puel had urged the fans to welcome him back whenever he does come. And I was surprised, actually, by on social media, the vast majority of fans saying that they would welcome him back with open arms. He's our most creative ever player. Uh, he's, why would we not want him back in the side? At the end of the game, though, frustration at not winning a match, it seemed like there was less goodwill there for Riyad. And I got the sense that the longer this goes on, the longer he's A, not in the team, and B, maybe the results aren't as what they should have been for a team that was, before this all kicked off, looking at seventh place, looking at European football, looking at an FA Cup run. The longer it goes on, the more that goodwill, I think, will burn out. We've certainly seen that uh, his uh, influence on the pitch has been missed. Uh, the defeat at Everton, they were lacking yeah. creativity, um, controlled the first 20 minutes of that game. And then Saturday, we saw them pretty much in control of the majority of the game, and they only uh, allowed uh, Swansea one effort on target yeah. in the entire game. Unfortunately, they scored from it, and again, it was a, um, a set piece, but we'll get to that in a yeah. bit. We'll stick with Riyad at the moment. So he's obviously uh, missed on the pitch, and we spoke to Michael Brighton after the game, and there was a lot of speculation, a lot of stories that yeah. the players were unhappy with Riyad. Um, 
he shot that down. Michael Brighton said the players have got no problem with Riyad and they'll welcome him back into the fold whenever he's ready to return. That sort of put that one. Yeah, to he, he didn't. It wasn't even like he was fed the line, was he? He came out straight away. And yes, exactly. He wasn't asked about uh, media reports or anything like that. He just said the media haven't helped the preparations for this game and uh, uh, because of the talk of uh, players being uh, unhappy with uh, Riyad and uh, he obviously wanted to make a point and he, he made it very very well. Um, so we've got no doubts that the players haven't got an issue with him. No. Um, Claude Puel says he's going to carry on without him uh, for the, and he's only going to focus on the players that are available. We don't know when he's going to be available. But mm. the fallout continues, doesn't it? It seems that you know, it's still a hotly debated topic. Were Leicester City right or wrong? Should they have accepted that bid? Whatever you know, the bid. Well, what we know about the bid is fifty million pounds cash. Plus uh, a youngster called Patrick Roberts, who's on loan at Celtic, who Manchester City rated at fifteen million pounds, uh, and Leicester City said, "No, he's not worth that. We're not throwing that in the deal." Although they were very interested yeah. in Patrick Roberts, so it was a deal that they couldn't really do. No, they couldn't. Um, I know we've all had like, discussions with people about this. You've had a very animated conversation on Talksport about this very topic with Mike Porky Parry. Yeah, and yeah, um, we, we've all discussed it and. I, I can't. I don't disagree with anyone that says that Riyad has given everything to this football club because he has, um, and that Leicester would make Leicester only spent four hundred thousand pounds on him. That is also true. Some say that he deserves his move to a big club. Again, I can't. Dis- I possibly couldn't disagree with that either. But then the pundits then seem to make the leap that says all of these things mean that Leicester should then sell their best player for two-thirds of their market value with less than with hours left for them to find a replacement that that just that conclusion doesn't isn't justified all those things are true about him being brilliant and deserving moves that's all fine that doesn't mean that Leicester should accept an offer that is below market value with no time to accept a replacement. Well, Parry's stance was that Leicester City got this terribly, ter- terribly wrong. They should have accepted the bid because now they've been left with a player demotivated who's pretty much useless to them at the moment because he's not uh, training or performing on the pitch. He's going to c- cause unrest within the camp, which Michael Brighton says is not the case. Uh, and uh, he said that Leicester City should have just sold and they've got this terribly, terribly wrong. Now, my argument yeah. is that Leicester City couldn't win in this scenario. Yeah. They couldn't win in this scenario because if they accepted the bid, it would send out all the wrong signals to the fans that the club don't have the ambition that um, they they have shown in the past. They yeah. I mean the talk about trying to challenge and establish themselves in a, as a top six regulars. Selling your best player just before deadline to um, the league leaders for a cut price fee for below market value, and that was the case. Fifty million pounds in that market. Yeah, people keep saying time. people keep saying sixty-five million pounds. No, not not sixty-five million no. pounds. Fifty million pounds plus. A player, yeah, and a play- you can debate how much he's worth. I mean, he's only made three senior appearances for Manchester City and spent the best part of three years on loan at, at Celtic. Yeah. So he hasn't got a wealth of experience. And he certainly, I mean, th- this is the contradiction in the, the Man City offer. £15 million for a youngster with no experience who hasn't achieved anything, who might be promising player for the future. But Mares, PFA Player of the Year, Ballon d'Or Top 10 nominee, Premier League winner, Champions League quarter finalist. Got two and a half years left on a, a lucrative contract he only signed eighteen months ago, and he's still twenty-six. He's still not at his prime yet. There's still so much more to come from him. It was a dreadful deal for Leicester City. They could not accept that. No. And, and as I said to you about the signals it sends out, not only does it send out signals about lack of ambition, uh, it would also to future signings it would show that they are a selling club. But also the players that are in the squad now, if they allowed Mares to leave, 
Uh, next time somebody wants to, to, to force a, a move through, all they have to do is down tools, dig the hills in, threaten to go on strike, and Leicester City will have uh, set a precedent with Rio Mario. So there was no way they could do that deal. Uh, but unfortunately, they're going to have to deal with the, uh, all the fallout of that now and all the criticism and uh, a very difficult situation for them to deal with bringing Mares back into the fold. Yeah, very much so. And people, and another argument that pundits keep using to justify why Leicester should have sold Mares is they say um, that they let Kante go and they let Drinkwater go, so why should they stand in Riyadh's way? Now, that is also not true because... They didn't let Kante go. Kante had a release clause in his contract, so they had to let him go. And nobody's had a release clause in their contract since. since. Exactly. Yeah. Drinkwater was allowed to go begrudgingly because, A, he wanted to go, but crucially, Leicester eventually received a valuation, or an offer which matched their valuation. At no point has that happened with Riyadh. So they are completely different situations. And as you say, there is no way Leicester could have accepted that deal for how much money it was for the messages it sent out and for the little time they had left to sign a replacement. Mm. It's, a, it's a sad situation really because he's been a yeah. part of the most magical moments in yeah. uh, Leicester City's history, hasn't he, Mahrez? He's been integral with him and Jamie Vardy. Yeah, he's... I mean, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't alive to see the likes of Frank Worthington and Keith Weller play, who people who saw them at the time say Worthington was one of the most skillful and gifted players, but I can say from my lifetime... Mares is without a shadow of a doubt the most skillful, beautiful footballer that, that I've ever seen. He, he's done things that he never thought a Leicester City player would be able to do. Just the way he can just the, with the ball at his feet is he's staggering. Um, so of, co- of course it's sad because he's this, this graceful, majestic player who has brought such joy to Leicester, and it's now potentially having a bit of a messy end yeah it's a real shame if he tarnished his legacy with the club I think um, if he if he leaves now if that's it and he doesn't come back then that certainly will tarnish his legacy at the club yeah it will without a doubt I mean Maris is one of the we were talking just before we came on camera and uh, there's a feature that's going on the Mercury website soon because I spoke to Nathan Dyer who was part of the world's of, greatest loan signing yeah he was on loan to Leicester City during that title winning season and uh, we said to him about the number of those players now that have um, that have moved on and, and last week we saw Leo Yejoa and Andy King go out on loan as well um, Kingy King. hinting it might be a permanent one uh, if all goes well and Swansea stay in the Premier League he could be joining them yeah. on a permanent basis and we've, we've seen a, an eroding of that, yeah, because that it's squad a, because it's only been two years yeah because there's a picture isn't there there's a, there's a picture in the media room at the King Power Stadium with the, the title lifting the title and what only seems like five minutes ago we've all done it we've gone through the team and gone well, he's not here anymore he's not here anymore like, right so Delat Gok and Inla um, Kante Drinkwater um, I mean this is to name a few like Andy King it, it's about half already gone and it is a bit sad actually but as you say teams do evolve and teams do teams do go through changes and Leicester is going through one of the minute well yeah and we are seeing an evolution and it's quite an exciting one I think I mean yeah. it's a shame that that era is coming to an end now um, but we look like with some of the players that are coming into the side now under Claude Powell I know the last couple of results haven't been great but uh, there's some really promising signs from some of the youngsters like Kletchi and Acho had his best game for me mm. behind Vardy and that whole 
Um, Fasini Diabati made his full Premier League home debut as well. And although there was a big debate about whether he should have got a red for that challenge in the third minute, um, he showed some really good signs, yeah. positive signs. Wilfred Diddy looks like he is now the first choice centre midfield player, and everybody else is competing to partner him. Yeah, you've got uh, a champ. You've got you got your, your, your Europa League three-time winner and a Portugal-winning Euro Euro 2016 winning player who can't who are basically cleaning his boots at the minute, aren't they? Indeed, he's the one who is the first choice midfielder. And plus as well, you've got Ben Chilwell and Harry Maguire is only 24 as well. Yeah. So the, the, the future is bright at, at Leicester City. Yeah, very much so. And yeah, Ian Acho impressed me, actually, um, because we'd pointed out beforehand, the first half of the season, if he if ever played in that withdrawn role, he looked a little lost. He'd just, he'd just stand around the edge of the area waiting for the ball to come to him, not really moving much. And fans that have got used to watching Shinji scurry around and make things happen find space link the play up know that that's how it needs to be done and for the first time we saw Iheanacho drift into pockets of space well link up play pretty decently and, and the little ball through to Vardy whether he meant it or not given the benefit of doubt that he meant it showed some quality and I know he didn't score but it was and he probably he would be kicking himself that he didn't put that chance away but his overall play I thought was the best we've seen so far and he played in Diabati as well didn't he uh, for one effort as well yeah um, who so he again looks good um, yeah. and I know again without wanting to draw this back to Riyadh and not trying to say that he's a Mara's replacement but Puel is urged caution all the way through since he signed saying he needs to have need to give him patience because he is going to be inconsistent. He's only 22. He's just joined from League Two. That's all well and good. But if your job is to be in the side in Morris's position while Morris isn't there, while Morris is off sorting his head out, he has to be consistent and he has to he has to be at that level all the time. Because he's got to learn how to tackle, though, hasn't he? Probably, <laughs> he's yeah. got to do that as well. Yeah. I mean, the next we had Peterborough. Where he's passed that challenge. Swansea at home. Different, different game altogether against an established Premier League team fighting for their lives, rejuvenated. The test gets even be- bigger next time. Consider if you assuming that Mahrez won't be at Man City. I'd be amazed if he is. I'd be yeah. amazed if he is. Um, so Diabati's now going to do it again at the ver- at the next level, the top level, which is doing it at Man City. So patience is all well and good, but if he's in the side instead of Mahrez, he's got to keep delivering. Uh, absolutely. And- Unfortunately, though, we're talking about promising new uh, players and uh, looking to the future. There's an age-old problem at Leicester City at the back, and that's defending set pieces. And yeah. once again, a corner, and they concede it was the only chance, the only effort on target uh, from Swansea throughout the game. And that's really disappointing again, though, isn't it? Yeah, we thought we got past this. Didn't they? they had improved. They yeah, had when, improvement. When, when during the run of five clean sheets in a row, albeit two against Fleetwood. Um, it felt like Leicester were and against Watford where at Watford they'd been poor at set pieces when they played them at home it looked like they'd improved that and all the work that had been done it looked like it was it was reaping its rewards and then Federico Fernandez is just completely unmarked six yards out from a corner which is just so frustrating because I've said it before it's not just an Achilles heel it's the whole Achilles leg at the minute because it's the one area that really lets Leicester down. And the opposition always know it as well, that yeah. they stand a chance uh, from set pieces. If Because uh, City keep getting their, their noses in front. They're looking 
like a you know a decent side, or, or except for the They're taking the lead defeats. so many times this season yeah, and, and drop points and, and, and let that slip as well. Um, I mean, you think where they could be in the table if they hadn't dropped those those points. Um, but this week, the challenges don't come any bigger than this, does it? Man no. City away. Putting the Mares sort of subplot aside, the fact that it was them that of them settled him and tried to sign him, going there on its own bat is uh, is tough enough. I know we had a great success there, and fantastic memories of that win there two years ago. Where, game so, where someone scored a very good goal who won't be there yeah, yeah somebody scored an exceptionally good goal I mean I think even if he is back in training he can't be involved in that with that you, you, the connotations yeah I mean like, as you say it's the the tests in the Premier League don't come as tough as this one anyway regardless I mean it's Man City who are flying away with everything I know the couple of draws um, and, the, and, the, and the defeat recently but they're still playing some sublime football especially at home so it's hard enough I think the frustrating thing for for Puel, while he won't he won't admit, he won't admit to it, and he's being exceptionally dignified in his responses to all the Mara situation. The Mara situation is, is not helping this at all because it adds another subplot and another huge distraction, which I mean, will, will be as bad as everyone else because it will be discussed in the build-up to this game. Is that this was the team that came in for him, so it makes the, it makes the job even harder. Yeah, well, we can take some confidence, though, can't we? From it's not completely impossible. I mean, no. they dropped points at Burnley at the weekend, and although they've still got a healthy gap at the top of the Premier League, um, we've seen in the past that when Leicester City get at them, mm. uh, get at Man City, they they can have some joy. I mean, the four-two win over them at the King Power Stadium last season—that's got to give them some confidence. Yeah, uh, I'd agree with that, and I think that's the area where you can you you can if you can get the ball off Man City. And Leicester have shown that they are one of the best teams with to to win games with little of the ball. So if they can if they can do that, if they can go at Man City, if you take it to Man City and attack them, their defence is probably their weak point. The problem is getting the ball off them first. Exactly. I mean, uh, Pep quite famously said, "I don't coach the tackles. I don't. Uh, I'm not yeah. the coach for the tackle. You only need to tackle if you've made a mistake high up the pitch and yeah. given the ball away. And we try not to give the ball away. So, but we'll we'll wait and see. We'll discuss Man City in greater length yeah. at the end of the week when we've had the press conference, the pre-match press conference, which undoubtedly was going to be dominated with more questions about Riyad Mahrez. I think, I think the, in the pre-match to Swansea, I think, I think one question was asked about the game. I think out of about 40 minutes worth of, of yeah. press conference but it's, it's going to dominate the. well I, I, I can't see what Leicester City can say as it continues on I mean there's not a lot to say at the He's moment still not here. the talking needs to be done between the club and Riyad Mahrez uh, not between the club and, uh, and the media but uh, we'll see what transpires this week yeah. thank you for joining us don't forget beer52.com we've got stories and the previews leading up to the Man City game uh, on our website and our Facebook page um, and check us back next time when we do the next podcast later this week